Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. All right, all right. Tennessee cruises to a 49-13 win over Virginia. I think everybody got what they were looking for. Uh, out of out of that game for the most part. Obviously, Tennessee gets a huge, huge win, but we got to see Nico. Uh, it seemed like Joe really fell into a really nice rhythm in that second half. Uh, everybody's happy after that one. We're going to talk about it. I'm Charlie Burris. That is Vols, former Vols quarterback, Jonathan Crompton, and this is the A to Z Sports Big Orange Game Day post-game show. I believe that's the whole title there. Uh, before we get into it, I got to tell you about our amazing sponsors that keep this show going. First up, BetterHelp. Go to betterhelp.com slash ATOZ sports and save 10% on your first month with BetterHelp. Then Zen Sports, the fastest growing sports book in Tennessee. Use code ATOZTN, A to ZTN, to get 5% cash back on your total betting volume for your first 15 days of betting. And then one of the old classics here, one of our favorite sponsors where we got to, to take a drink after every Tennessee victory last year. Rattle and snap. Tennessee whiskey returns for another year with the show. Make your own luck, just like Tennessee's fast-paced rattle and snap offense with rattle and snap Tennessee whiskey. Shout out to all of them. And now uh, let's get down to business. Tennessee 49, Virginia 13. Quick thoughts on that second half, Crump. What'd you think? Uh, pretty much how we thought it would go or hoped and expected it would go. Um, what? So 28 points in the second half, uh, you know, kind of, a, I hate to say this way, almost kind of a boring second half. You know what I mean? Cause it was, I, we had a lead, but we instantly asserted our dominance. Um, I, I did find myself uh, flipping over to the Colorado game, which I I see right now. I think we are. Well, we're no, Colorado, I think Colorado is going to win. It looks like they got the ball with fifty five seconds wow. as I'm drinking my afternoon coffee. Uh, up <laughs> by three. That's it's an interesting. Obviously, we're going to talk about Tennessee, but man, that is an interesting study in flipping a football. I team, love it. Is it not with Deion Sanders, I, man. Hey, you know what? Wow, I'm rooting like crazy for for Colorado for how he people can love him, hate him, all that stuff. But you know what? The one thing, the one thing you can say, and I can say this from experience, he's honest as hell. Well, I and, I, you know, I said in, this in that, in that sense, like people go, oh, well, he's this, this, and this, whatever. You know what? The kids know where they stand. He's honest as all get out. Um, that's that's all you can ask for. Well, I Genuinely. I said I I agree, and that is definitely nice. But I I said I definitely got tired of of the Dion stuff during this post or this off season. He was just overexposed. Like he was just absolutely everywhere, all the time. Well, it's Dion like, okay, Sanders. Think about it's, it. It's Dion Sanders. Well, Everybody well, wants a piece of Dion. But here's my my primary take was that Colorado won one game last year. The single reason anybody was talking about Colorado was because of Dion Sanders. But now. 
Now they want something if they hold on. Um, now they actually want something. Now let's talk about Deontay. I just got so tired of it. It was just every single turn. And I'm like, dude, this guy has won nothing yet. Can we just like hold off for a second? But now but it's a suit like it's a, well, it's a super fascinating study in like flipping a football team. Now I'm now I'm intrigued. I'm very intrigued. Yeah, but I mean that dude, that happens everywhere when there's a new coach. Everywhere. All right. Um like I said, I'm just telling you from from a ex-player standpoint, a coaching standpoint, but more so what he's doing is that from the ex-player side is they know where they stand. He's honest with them. I respect the crap out of that. Like, I, I'm going to root for Colorado for that simple fact. I know some, you know, it's, like I said earlier, the um, halftime, not everybody will be 100% happy with every decision. That's that the best the crappy part about life. That's the sad part. But he, what he does is he lets you know where you stand. And if you compete and you play well, you'll play. So kudos to them um, as long as they can hold on with 50 seconds left. But uh guess kind of on the subject. You're right. It, <laughs> it, it Our second half was very bland and boring. Yes. And, you know, but, hey, it's always – I'll tell you this. It's more fun. It's more fun as a fan to have a bland and boring second half than, uh, oh, my God, I don't – you know, the anxiety – Yeah, I mean, the the worst case scenario would have been, obviously, this game ends up being your the worst case scenario would be your TCU right now. You're a heavy favorite. And, you know, things don't go. What was it? 20, 20 and a half point favorite or something? Yeah. I mean, and I, you know, frankly, I was like, we'll see if this whole thing works with Deion Sanders. I don't know that I'm holding my breath. Lo and behold, he's he's shut up. They they may go. They may go one and eleven. You never know. That's true, but, uh, because T- TCU might stink, and we just don't know it. But um, exactly, they lost a lot. Yeah. They they did. They lost like that entire offense. But you know that could have been the worst case scenario for Tennessee here. No doubt about it. That's absolutely how this thing could have gone, and it didn't. They straight up took care of business. They came out in that second half. And they looked sharp. They looked comfortable. And I mean, Joe Joe Milton was uh, was slinging it, and then you you win by you're up by so much that Nico gets to come into the game so we got to see Nico I was very very happy uh about that obviously i do wish they would have let Nico bomb it you know just really really let it fly he threw three passes he was what two two for three i think two for three for 11 yards but yeah, yeah but remember what we said at halftime this was a game plan to protect the quarterbacks it was yes and Regardless of what anybody wants, and trust me, I I like throwing the ball. All right. I really do. But in, in reality, you do whatever's game plan wise, whatever's best for said week. But we are a run first offense with the high powered speed. You know what I'm saying? And we get our we get our passing yards from big plays after the play action. Um so with us being able to, we ran for fifty rushes, fifty. Now that that's if we if we do that or like weekly, we're in eighty three plays. Eighty three, fifty rushes, two hundred and seventy nine yards, five point six yards Ooh. a carry. We do that, we win a lot of ball games. So as well, again, yeah. as much as we like, I'm as guilty as anybody. I want us to air it out. That's just a selfish reason because I'll. I'll what I like to do. But if we if we do if honestly if we're a 60 40 team rush to pass, we're really hard to beat. Yeah. 
Well, and, and you know look, I mean? and so we went back last year and talked about. I, I mean, I, I think probably my my primary takeaway, almost more than anything, is yes, Virginia's not good. They had a patchwork offensive line. They don't really have dudes on the outside. They don't really have dudes in the backfield. They don't really have a quarterback. But still. That defense has to play up, and Tennessee's defense crushed them. Like, it wasn't – there was zero doubt across the board, and that's very encouraging, especially you look at the way Florida played against Utah. And, I mean, Florida, Florida's offense is anemic. They, I think their play calling is not very good. I don't think they have a lot of speed. They don't have a lot of playmakers. And so are you going to be able to crush Florida too? Maybe. Uh, you, you walk away from this game kind of thinking, ah, you, maybe you do have the dudes – to keep them at bay when you couldn't last year with Anthony Richardson. So I, I hope that ends up being the case. Obviously we'll just have to see, but that, that was very, very encouraging. It was probably my primary takeaway. The offense was fun. You scored 49 points. That's great. You won by even more than you were supposed to. They, they covered the spread and then some, <clears throat> but uh, yeah, I, I just, just, the defense was really impressive. A lot of people are saying it in the comments here too. And, and that was really nice to see. Like Tim, Tim nails it here. Offensive and defensive lines were solid. The off, and yeah, yeah. The, the offensive line there were without, uh, without the starting center really held up nicely. Well, and, and, and a top 10 draft pick it, tackle gone too. Yes. That, that's huge. And, like that, and that so, was, that was, that was definitely encouraging. Yes. And su- supposedly the, the primary strength of that Virginia team was the defensive line. That's where they had the most returning starters. So, Hey, Take it to what it is. You don't know. You, you don't. You don't really know much after a game like this. But uh, I think we we did learn some, and I'm I'm encouraged that it went it went perfectly. It's slow slow yeah. start, but other than that, it went perfectly. Um, any anything else that stood out to you before we move on to the actual uh, segments here? Um, no, honestly, one or one part of the game that I was that I um, enjoyed watching is our punt return team. I, I, I think we're going to, I think we're going to house a few this year. I think we're going to return a few punts, just the, the electricness we've got back there. All right. The, it takes a lot of, <laughs> a lot of nerve to be a punt returner. We'll just say that. Right. I mean, honestly, it, it really does. Um, we had what a 54 yard punt return and the other one was probably, in the second half alone, and the other one is at least 35. So, I mean, that was fun for me to watch because from the offensive standpoint, that allows us to start in really good positive field position just right out of the gate. We do that with our style offense. That instantly equates to 14 points with those two. You know what I mean? Like, that's that's what we need. When we get into conference play, we have to have that. So, that was good to see that game one. Um, just hope we'll obviously keep that going. Absolutely. And <laughs> Wes says it here in the comments. He said, punter was a little shaky, but the punting in the second half, he only punted a couple it of times. It got a little better. It was better. It was better. So At least we didn't punt. What did he punt like 10 times for Virginia? At least it wasn't that. Yes. I he, know I he, said at halftime I wanted to be better, but then I was like, you know, what if we just don't punt? <laughs> <laughs> well, I it was actually kind of funny. I, I was watching watching the game down here with, with some friends, and we were literally saying, saying I wonder if Hypel's strategy was just like, Eh, we don't really need a punter, so this kid will do. Because I mean, yeah, we're just not going right. to punt the ball. <laughs> you know? Yeah, he, he, he's good. He's good. <laughs> yeah, it'll do. It'll do when we punt like once yeah. a game. You know. Uh, yeah. But yeah, th- there is that. Our first segment. Let's. We got a bunch of people watching. Got a hundred people on the live stream right now. Thank you so much for watching. 
a lot of people are commenting. And let's do this. One word to describe how you're feeling right now. We did this last year, and it was really fun. This was always a fun segment. Just drop into the comments, wherever you may be watching, Facebook, YouTube, whatever, and tell us one word for how you how you're feeling after the 49 to 13 win for Tennessee. Lots of hope in the air now. You you know, you got over that initial hurdle where you were like, all right, let's see. Joe Milton, it's his first first big start here. We, well, first big start at the beginning of a season. Obviously, we saw him in the Orange Bowl, but just one word. Yeah. Drop drop it in the comments and uh, and then we're going to read your responses and we'll give our one word too right after I tell you about better help if you are a tennessee fan like me you know how many years the big orange have shaved off of your life with the emotional roller coaster of college sports uh or maybe the roller coaster of life is messing with your happiness or preventing you from achieving your goals regardless if you have clinical mental health issues like depression or anxiety or if you're just a human Going through a hard time, therapy can give you the tools you need to approach your life in a different way. That's where our sponsor, BetterHelp, comes into play. BetterHelp's mission is to make therapy more affordable, more accessible. And this is an important mission because finding a therapist can be hard, especially when you're limited to the options in your area. BetterHelp's platform makes finding a therapist easier because it's online and it's remote. BetterHelp can match you to a professional therapist in as little as a few days. Plus, with our link, betterhelp.com slash A-T-O-Z sports, A to Z sports, you get 10% off your first month. See a therapist because maintaining your mental health is just as important as maintaining your physical health. So this football season, check out betterhelp.com slash A-T-O-Z sports, A-T-O-Z-S-P-O-R-T-S and save 10% off your first month. Better help. And I need, I need to throw up uh, their banner here. There we go. Betterhelp.com. Thanks so much to them. Now your one word, uh, crop. I'll, I'll throw it to you and I'll, I'll keep, uh, as everybody keeps rolling in with their answer, one okay. word to describe how you're feeling after that big win for Tennessee. But you go first, Gromp. Superior, because SEC is superior to the ACC. Oof. <laughs> Think about that game in, in all facets, all all facets of uh, of every sport. Think about that ACC. game next year when Virginia has to go to Stanford, or Stanford has to go to Virginia, oh, whatever. No. It- <laughs> Whatever it may end up being. And you're like, well, no, but think about uh, baseball. Baseball on a oh, random man. Tuesday, 7 p.m. God. Nope. Yeah. No, thank you. Yeah, Appreciate they're, that. They're not really thinking through that, but but whatever. No. I'll watch those games. I'll I'll watch Florida State play Cal, I guess. I don't know if you make me. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but uh Let's go through some of the responses. One word to describe how you are feeling after that. When Robert says excited, Mango says positive, Ben Hall says satisfied, Timothy says optimistic, West says satisfied, uh, Jason says solid, then adds a couple other words, nothing spectacular. Mr. Jones says ready, Sean says defense, Alicia, two words, but still looking good, potential from Foar Shizzle. Um, I. I will go, what is the best word here? Prepared. I I am now, you got over that initial that initial hump there. I'm now prepared for this season. Because this season, oh man, like if the potential's all there and everything meets up, you have a decently favorable schedule. It's not perfect, but like you you have a pretty good schedule ahead of you and so much potential. I'm I'm prepared to see this team get into, into real games. You got, you got a snoozer next week against uh, Austin P 
But you, you get past that, you get to Gainesville. Man, it's about it's gonna get real. It's gonna be so real when that when that game hits, and uh, I'm I'm ready. Uh, but Volcano says positive. Mr. Jones pipes in again. He says hyped, but spelled hype. Ricky says win. Uh, absolutely, lots of good stuff. But I'm man. I just know. I don't. I don't think we learned a ton from this game, but it. It at least was not a disaster. It was not, you know, I, I, in years past, like the, the 2016 opener against Appalachian State, Thursday night, prime time, it was huge. And you get taken to overtime by Appalachian State. And you're looking around going, come, this was supposed to be the year. This was it. We had all this hype and the blah, 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 blah. And so glad we're not having to have that conversation. So no, I'm prepared. I'm prepared. Yeah. For the well, and the, the thing that I take away, is I saw a comment earlier, and it unfortunately kind of true in the sense of games like this, we have historically played down to in a yes. game of, and I'm not talking about like an F, like an FCS school, but a a not so good Power Five conference team that you go, you should beat the, the crap out of. And then you go, why is it a why is it a ten point game late? Well, you know what I mean, or something like that. That so that it was encouraging to say, you know what, we let's go ahead and put this weight early in the second half, get our guys out, get some get some young guys reps, get our true freshman recruits reps and in, in, in a meaningful reps, so to speak, in a game, not just in scrimmages. We did that today. Now was it perfect? Not a chance. No game's going to be perfect, but. What we were able to do today and get done early, that's the encouraging part because in years yes. past, we've not done that. Hypel is is really good or has been really good at just taking care of business. The The one time where the wheels flew off was that South Carolina game last year, and that was obviously so disappointing and kind of took you out of the playoff and whatever. But, I mean, just generally speaking, week in and week out, he has been about that business. He goes in. With expectations, I, I even saw if you if you include this game, I saw the stat this week. I believe this we're about to have this the stat of the game brought to you by Rattle and Snap Whiskey. But I'll throw this one out first. Um, Heupel in the last thirteen games was ten and three against the spread, and so this makes him eleven and three right there. Tennessee is twenty eight point favorite. You win by thirty six. I mean, he comes in, he takes care of business, he meets those expectations, and he and then obviously last year greatly exceeded those expectations. Um, and that is, that is just so, so nice to not have that aching, just like, oh, are we going to screw this one? There was so much of that with Butch and, and with Pruitt where you're just like, oh God, what are we going to do this week with this, this nonsense? You know, there was just never that confidence and just, I well, just goes in there and he does it. He gets the job done. But, but you know why? Because the kids have bought into what he does. The kids oh, have yeah. bought into who he is. They bought into his philosophies rather than never buying in. They genuinely believe in him as a human being and as a coach. That makes it so much easier to say, because now if they buy in and they trust you and they believe you, when you say, hey, we're going to do blah, 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 they, they know and believe they can get that done. You know what I mean? Like that, they, they didn't have that look through it. It's called like it is. No. 
it's it's impressive. Just it is the, the the culture that he's instilled there, and how much these guys truly believe in what they're doing. And obviously, I mean, the results speak for themselves. If if you saw a coach that took a team from nothing to eleven and two in two years, you're probably going to buy in. But I mean, man, it's it yeah has it's just so awesome. Can't can't say enough about it. But let's do get to the next segment, uh, and that is. The stat of the game, and I'll I'll let you get your stat of the game together, Crump, while I tell I'm good. everybody. Oh, you, you oh you already got it. Lo- all right, you got to load it up, but I do have to tell everybody. First. Yeah, no, go ahead. I just had I, <laughs> I, 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 I did come prepared for this one. Say it that way. Well, this segment of Crump's already prepared stat is brought to you by Rattle and Snap to see whiskey. They've been with us for over a year now. They're so great. Nothing goes better with a Tennessee sports victory. Than an awesome whiskey, kind of like this one right here in this here cup. Uh, and I'm talking specifically about Rattle and Snap Tennessee Select Straight Whiskey. Log still has uh, a Tennessee whiskey product line called Rattle and Snap, named after a long forgotten game of chance. It's a whiskey for those who make their own luck. There's a four year and an eight year version. The four year is down there right in the corner. Uh, if you're watching on YouTube, I've had both, they are awesome in a cocktail. Neat in a glass. Seriously, go get your hands uh, on a bottle. And you can find them in stores across Tennessee, but also in Kentucky, Indiana, and Mississippi. Run. Don't walk and get yourself some Rattle and Snap Tennessee whiskey for those Tennessee sports victories. Uh, Crump, you're running on just uh, a minuscule amount of sleep at the moment because of uh, your your head coaching duties. But uh, normally, every... I got my my coffee right here. See? It is... uh, Okay. Graham, it was it's a graham cracker flavored coffee, or I think that's what it is. Interesting choice. I bet that coffee would taste. That's awesome. honestly, it actually it's actually really good. pretty tasty. Well, I know it would be good with a little rattle and snap whiskey, but I know you're you're there a little you shut out at the moment. <laughs> and here, there here you, you go. go, little whiskey. What did we call it last year? Uh, uh, whiskey, whiskey for the for win. win. Whiskey <laughs> for the win. There you go, down the head. All right. I'll throw it to you, Crump. Uh, stat of the game. Where are you at? What are we doing? Stat of the game, two, two out of three fourth downs, meaning I love the, the ballsiness to go for it on fourth and sixth on the nine-yard line early. So fourth down, um, I'm a big high-risk, high-reward guy. All right. I mean, I say, unless we're backed up, I love the fact that he had the balls to go for it a few times a day to go ahead and instill that confidence in the players that, hey, this is game one, see where we're going to go together. Um, so that's why, I, that's why I chose the fourth down, two for three conversions. That's a great stat. Absolutely. I will go with two. My number is two. And that is two sacks for James, James Pierce Jr. And then two sacks for Tyler Barron. I guess four sacks total, but I love that those guys in particular got these because for one, with James Pierce, I mean, that's a breakout for a young guy. He's a true sophomore, and he looked like a dog out there, and I love that. Yeah, he did. And he, T- Tyler Barron comes in with a, a pretty good amount of, of expectations. He's kind of a guy that he's he's flashed at times and looked really nice, and then he's kind of disappeared at times, and you want more consistency. You want to really see him meet those expectations two sacks in the very first game. There you go. So I love it. Sacks from a veteran sacks from a young kid. Uh, and it's great. I was so happy to see that. And it goes to my overarching point or just the thing that I love the most out of this was that defense. They really came. They, they, they did. did not let, they did not let Virginia have an inch 
they, I mean, to the point they, they injured, they injured the quarterback. They did that. They did that to the kid last year uh, against Pittsburgh. They injured Pittsburgh's quarterback. Yeah. Too. <laughs> That's, yeah. Not great. I, man, I just spilled my whiskey. What am I doing? I was going to answer uh, this question real quick. Somebody asked um, if I, you know, if I personally see Hypo staying long-term or do I think he had, if there's an, an uh, uh, excuse me, another job out there he'd want. I don't think, I don't think he, I don't think he would want to leave on his own terms. Yeah. I'll say it that way. Um, personally, because uh, UCF is not a quote unquote destination job for some people. Some people it is, right? Um, some people, I'm just random places. Uh, Arkansas would not be a destination job for myself. Does that make sense? I think Absolutely. genuinely, I think Tennessee is a destination job. And that's not, I'm not being biased when I say that. I think there are certain places, Tennessee and Miami, Southern Cal, uh, Florida State, you know, places like that, uh, uh, Texas. Um, I think those places are destination jobs, genuinely. And obviously, we're in that realm of, of, elite category of destination jobs, but just because the brand that the power T has. So I don't genuinely think he would want to leave unless something happened and they fired him. That's my personal opinion. You, you have more resources, more money, more incredibly loyal, crazy fans than almost anywhere in America, Tennessee. I mean, what Tennessee has is matched by only a handful uh, of programs. Exactly. Exactly. And And that's what makes it a destination job is, if we want, yeah. I mean, hell, honestly, if he wanted a brand new indoor facility, oh, he's going to get a brand new indoor facility. Yeah. Now, it may, it may, it's going to take a little while, but he could get it through the right channels and it would be done. At, That's what at, Tennessee brings, and not many can do that. If he has another double-digit win this season with sold-out season oh. tickets and, you know, every game's incredibly hyped, you, it's crazy the amount of money that that makes for the university. And he has now obviously has an AD who is so much on his side. I mean, the AD is his guy. Exactly. And, exactly. and it's, it's the, the exact perfect situation. Uh, I, I think. Oh, exactly. He, he'd be in, insane to leave. And unless there was, no, that's what I'm saying. I don't, I don't think, I don't think that's a thought in his mind ever. Cause what school is this call like it is. He didn't leave on good terms with Oklahoma as alma mater. So Oklahoma is not on his radar. So outside of that, where would be a destination job? But you always want to look at your alma mater, right? That's sure. always the first place you you genuinely look. Well, his alma mater is not real on his radar. That's coming from years of that always coming up. Outside of that, okay, so if it's not your alma mater, you don't want to leave Tennessee to go to Miami. Well, it's a you're not making a jump. You know what I mean? Like you, you just don't, you don't leave Tennessee to go to Florida state. Absolutely. Uh, uh, there's really not a higher pecking order. You don't leave Tennessee to go to Michigan. Um, unless obviously, unless you're the coordinator and getting the head job. If when you're the head guy, I don't think he's got that type of uh, mindset personally, you know, Mississippi state to me, this is just me. It's not a destination job. No. So if I was, if he was at Mississippi state, then, I would say, hey, Mississippi State might want to be ready to find him a coach in a year or two. Yeah. Because, yeah, because just, of what he's doing. You you look at Dan Mullen. Dan Mullen's the exact example. Yeah. He, his alma exactly. well, it's not his alma mater, but it's it's where he 
It's where he had coached previously. He had ties to Florida. Exactly. That came open and then and he did phenomenal things at Mississippi State. Oh, yeah. Mul- multiple 10-win yeah. seasons, I believe. Uh, yeah. But uh, to, to wrap that up, I there were a couple of other things with this game to go back to the game. Uh, we mentioned during halftime, Cooper Mays. Clearly, the offensive line didn't really struggle today. But how how impactful do you think that is? Per se, he's out through Florida. Now, the conventional wisdom is he he will hopefully be back by Florida, but he hasn't been practicing. And so you, you don't know. Uh, hopefully, he gets back to practice very, very soon and will be ready. But let's say he's out. What you watch today, how, how much does that concern you? Well, it's hard to tell because they weren't very good up front. But the positive is, Excuse me, that could be due to us being just that much better than you. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I try to look at it in two different ways. Yes, we want him back because when when he's back, we're better. But if he's going to be out, I'd rather him be out both in the first and second game so we can get some experience. You know what I mean? We can get the, the reps that are going to be meaningful to play. So ideally, yes, he's back, but at least – at least our O-line, if we have to play without them, is getting the reps with the team that's going to play or the five guys are going to play rather than going, oh, crap, it's four to week. Now he's out. I completely agree. I mean, this – again, this goes to like – this was just a perfect situation. You steamroll Virginia, you didn't have any trouble, and you're getting pretty nice reps for dudes that you really need to get experience in to be ready. Exactly. Exactly. Because no, I don't. I don't know of any team recently that's went through the same season with the same five offensive linemen playing in the same five positions all season long. O line is crazy physical, crazy physical. You're going to get nicked up and banged up. So you you need seven, sometimes eight O linemen ready to go at any moment. So it's not it's not ideal that he's not playing. But it helps if he's not going to play against Florida that he's not playing right now. Yeah. Question from the comments. Jarrett said, any news on Squirrel? I didn't see anything. He went down with and just kind of laid down. He wasn't He wasn't grabbing anything. He just kind of laid down like, what's the word? Like supine, whatever. Just flat on the ground. Mm-hmm. And then he couldn't. I, I wonder if you just got the air knocked out of him. And then they, Tennessee was already up by enough where Hypo is just like, ah. They're probably like, yeah, you're good. Yeah, yeah. Like they, we're, we're good for the day. Let's not not risk it. Hopefully that's the case. Will yeah. Hypo will be asked about it this week, I'm sure. Will he answer? Probably not. But <laughs> uh, no, the Mango said, Mango said, I saw him with his helmet on. Mango said he thought he came back in. I don't know that I saw. Confirmation. There was that, a but. chance Colorado was on the TV at that I definitely did a, a decent amount of flipping back and forth there in that second half. Not gonna lie to you. Uh but otherwise, let's let's wrap it up with this. Everybody always wants this from you, Crump, as you were a quarterback at the University of Tennessee. Joe Milton's performance today. Give us your assessment overall. Oh, I mean, very solid. I mean, honestly, I mean, he everybody wants the uh 80-yard deep ball, blah, blah, blah. I mean, through for 70%. Yeah, 21, 21 for 30, 30 201. That's what I'm saying, two touchdowns. So nothing – and on, here's the thing. 
he technically should be 22 of 30 for roughly 280. Yeah. Ugh. You know what I mean? So what I'm getting at is like a very, very solid day um, in this offense. Yes, we can throw for three or 400, but the likelihood of us doing that is very slim because we're going to run the crap out of the football, take our shots. So 70% completion percentage. He does that all year long. And he goes, if he averages two to 300 a game in somewhere in that range, 60 to 70% completion every game and solid, he will go ahead and tell you now, he'll be a higher draft pick than Hendon last year. Because, oh. Just because of pure, straight up, Madden create a player. Yeah, he's 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 Cam Newton physically. You know what I mean? And that and that's can he play that way? They they people just want to see his consistency. Um, yes. So if he if he can do this every game, he'll. I don't think. I mean, I don't think he dropped past the second round. Genuinely. Well, and I kind of to to the point with uh, with Milton. Kenneth says we won't win in the swamp unless a vertical passing game emerges. I don't. I think they could have done it today, and they chose not to. I think they chose not to go vertical. Oh yeah, that that's that's a strategic that's a strategic advantage right there that we don't show it. And I can tell you this: the likelihood of next week that we're showing it very slim. Oh, they're definitely not going to do that next week very against slim. Austin Peay. It's yeah. the same. It's a, it's the same thing. I I do coaching. I had a couple of kids come to me the other day. Um, at practice, like coach, we've only shown ten percent of our offense. Yes, for a reason. <laughs> We don't need to. If we don't need it, we don't need it. And that's that's what Hypel's doing, in my opinion, right now. Is they need it. We won by what thirty six points. Yeah, plain and simple. You you simply did not even need to do any of that today. So don't. Yeah. Oh, hundred percent. Run the ball fifty times like they did, and and you win by thirty six. To me, I mean, my favorite play today from Milton was the disrespectful slight stiff arm, slight truck. Ooh. You know what I mean? Like, eh, yeah. like I don't know. Should I stiff arm you? Should I just truck you? I'll do both. Mm. Like, that was that was that was the that was my favorite play. I mean, he's so physical. He's and then so he fell forward for four more yards. He fell yeah. forward for four more yards. He's six five two forty. Man, yeah, he's a monster. Um, actually, actually, let's do so next week. Obviously, after the Austin P game, it's going to be a murder. Yeah, we all know that. Uh, but we're so we're going to probably preview the Florida game with Crump here. But I so I. I like this and maybe we can end here. What concerns you the most after this game? Cameron asked that in the comments and I'll, kinda, I'll, I'll, I'll ask it a little more of a positive way. What does okay. Tennessee need to work on here to make sure they're prepared for that Florida game? Special teams, special teams. And everybody, we always Great get caught point. up in offensive defense, but statistically speaking, special teams is one out of every three plays, right? Um, in some way, shape or form, field goal, PAT block, any of it. So, to me, we need to make sure we're shored up on special teams, make sure we're shored up on our punt coverage, our kickoff coverage, that type of stuff, because that quickly can ruin a game or ruin the momentum of a game. So, that would be my number one thing. Now, I did not watch the Florida game. I don't know how their special teams are. But that's the number one thing that comes to my mind. Yes, I know I said I loved our punt return tonight, our punt return team tonight. That's still against Virginia. We still got to make sure we execute properly on all facets of the game when we're playing SEC opponents, no matter how good or bad they are. Um, that's just my opinion. I, but I, I will go out on a limb and say, if 
I, I don't know who Florida has next week. Um, I actually don't know. I think honestly, I don't really like care. I don't like them. Yeah. <laughs> um, I'm pulling it up right now. Oh, they got Charlotte. No, no, okay. I lied. Hold on. That sounds right. It's something like that. No, they've got uh McNeese. So there, there's they're oh. gonna be one on one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's fine. That's fine. But what I'm getting at is if if they screw around and lose to us and then get beat by Kentucky, um Napier's probably out of a job. That's how much I don't think they believe in him in Florida. Yeah, I mean there there was a they've lot. got they've gotten they've gotten progressively worse almost every game he's been there. I they looked so futile futile against Virginia or against Utah. Sorry, I mean it. Yeah. You said I mean, you didn't watch the game. I mean they they looked slow, and I don't think the Utah is just some physical. Well, no, Utah's not blazing speed, but I mean no. Utah's a good team going around, but they're not they're not just a track team. Yeah, and and Florida looked slow. They looked outmanned, and they lost to a to a backup quarterback that, and really like but the offense for Utah wasn't blazing or anything, and they lost by multiple touchdowns. Like that, it was. But that's where hmm. it goes back to. Our kids have bought into Heupel because he's bought into him or to them. Yes, I don't think they bought into Napier. I really don't. No. Um, it, it feels right there, very somebody said they got penalized for having two number threes on the field at the same time. That says it all. <sighs> You can have multiple. Yeah. You can have multiple numbers, but they cannot be on the field at the same time. That's been. That's. I mean, you're right, and that goes back to that goes back to coaching. Um, I don't think they bought into what Napier wants, and I don't know if Napier coming. You know, coming from the Nick Saban tree of coaching from the 2015 Alabama team, some of those guys that go to Nick Saban for the what I call coaching rehab. try to take his way and say it's this way or the highway. That's not how it works in today's world. It's, it doesn't work that way. You've got to be able to communicate to these kids. Nick Saban is a a diamond in the rough because he got his legacy started before times changed. So that's where I just don't think – I'm looking at the schedule. Obviously, lost to Utah. I think they lose to us. They'll beat Charlotte. I, I say they lose to Kentucky. They beat Vandy. They lose to South Carolina. They lose to Georgia. Like that's not. I, I do not. <laughs> they lost to Vandy well, last year. <laughs> also true, but I think they beat Vandy. But I'm just I saying, in general, I mean, through eight games, I'm going to say they got one, two, three, four. They're going to. I think they're going to be three and five through eight games. And I could be wrong, but that's just that's what I realistically see by just. They don't look like they're bought into each other and gel together like Tennessee has. Yeah, Ben Ben says Napier looked dejected, like he knows it's a wrap already. I I completely agree. And, and he, I, th- I think I think it very well may be. Yeah, we we've just seen. I mean, Tennessee Tennessee fans know we've seen that yeah. look on the on our sidelines. <laughs> yeah, and, we've and seen that look from coaches. I and, just don't know. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I, so I think honestly, if we go take care of our business next week, right? Austin P, do what we got to do, get our starters out early, make sure we're healthy. I honestly, honestly, and I know the sports books won't say this. I think we're at least two and a half touchdown favorite. At I, least, 
I think that's probably right. I you know what I'm saying? Like yeah. in all, and just from the not to say athletes are this or this, like ours are superior. I just, I genuinely just think that they go, damn, Tennessee's that just, but they're that much better than Florida. I'll, I'll guess, I'll guess a 13 point favorite. I think, I think Tennessee, it'll be like right. Cause I, I'm going to go, I'm going to go 17. Thir- 13 to as 15. Long, yeah. I'm, I'm thinking 17 as long, as long as we don't get any significant injury next week or, you know, and we, we play like we're supposed to play like we did today and go put it away early. Um, I just I don't think quarter, or Florida's quarterback, dude from Wisconsin. I don't think he's the answer. He's not it. No. You know. So I just when that but, happened when when he signed there and then they backed out on the NIL deal for the kid that went to Arizona State. That's when I was like, they're they're in disarray. The whole program. It's over. Yeah. yeah. Well, <sighs> glad he's not. Good, hey, I'm, I'm, I'm not mad at it. <laughs> No, like I, I, I despise Florida. I've I've been saying it since that that win last year. This is the time. This is the time to take back what is yours from Florida. The, there, no more of the sixteen of seventeen or whatever garbage it was. It now is the time to to take it back, like Tennessee basketball did with, did with Kentucky. You know, yep. take it back. It's not. It doesn't have to be that way forever. Um, yep. But. We'll we'll talk about that all next week. I mean, that's we gotta have something to talk about after the Austin Peanut. Exactly. That, <laughs> so let's let's hopefully say that. hopefully it's a boring one. We'll say it that way. Yeah, you know what just, I mean. Judging from this hopefully week, it's like, oh god. I think I think the only way that we would have, you know, a decent amount to talk about is if there were significant injuries. Everybody, you know, knock on all the wood and yep. let's pray for everybody's health, stay healthy and and no off the field shenanigans and yeah, hope we'll just be previewing the Florida game after that game next week. I'm Charlie Burris. That is Jonathan Crompton of Tennessee football fame. Thank you, thank you, thank you to everybody who watched. Seriously, it means the world. Uh, the these first uh, two shows were really great. Halftime, post game of every single show, and uh, subscribe wherever you might be watching. Uh, please on uh youtube on the actual podcast platform we're, we're gonna start posting this as an actual podcast so uh on the a to z sports nashville uh podcast network feed go over there subscribe rate review yada 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 hit the like button do all of the things thanks so much to everybody for watching seriously we could not appreciate it more and we will talk to y'all after the austin p game thanks guys <laughs>